Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, hello, New Beginnings Church. You guys excited for 2019? I'm happy 2019's here. It's our first midweek service of 2019. So welcome to everybody. My name is Mattis. I wanted to welcome you. And tonight, I believe I have a message God put on my heart. I believe it's going to a lot of us here are going to be able to relate to it, learn something, because God has something for us, right? So I've decided to call this message God in the waiting. And what do I mean by that? Well, who knows about stuff? We're going to have to wait for things, right? Who here likes to wait for anything? Not me, right? I don't like to wait. But in, in my life, personally, in 2018, you know, that's we're in 2019 now, 2018 just happened. I had ups and downs. There were some downs, like my football team, the 49ers, are terrible again. But that's nothing to be surprised about. But I had some lows in, in 2018, to be honest, like anybody, and I had some highs. The best part of 2018 was I, have, I had a beautiful daughter born. She's five months old now. I'm going to talk about her in every message. She's the best thing I, I ever, well, I, she, my wife had her. I was just part of it. I don't know. But anyway, she's the best thing in my life. So we all have good, good things and bad things, right? And a lot of us, you know, we go into a year and we, we're believing God for something for that year. We're setting goals, which is good. And I know in 2018, there were things I was believing God for, and I had goals that I saw met, and it was awesome. And there were things in 2018 that I was believing God for or that I put goals, and it necessarily didn't happen maybe the way I thought it was going to happen or on my timeline, because you guys know we have our own timeline that we want, Right? One of those things, to be honest with you, was this, and I hope this actually encourages somebody. Going into the year, we, my wife and I last year, we set some goals, and at this point, in January of last year, 2018, we knew we were having a baby. We knew in December, I th- December, November, I don't remember, but we knew in January we were having a baby, so we said, okay, so what are some goals? And one of the things we said is, we want to completely pay off all of our debt. We had a few credit cards, and then I had a student loan as well. So we said, we're going to do it this year. Let's go, because technically my student loan, it's not a crazy amount, but it was going to still be a few more years. We're going to do everything we can to do it this year as the baby's coming. And it was a goal that we set. And 2019 came around, and guess who's still paying his student loan? <laughs> this guy. And honestly, when, I, when we looked back, because that's what we like to do, we, we looked back at the previous year, I got a little discouraged. I was like, man. I wish we could, have, we could have paid that off. But, you know, life happens. Things came up. Expenses came up, et cetera. We didn't get to, we tried our best in the natural. We didn't get to do it. But then I stopped. And I calculated everything. I said, Bianca, I said, we paid off all of our credit card debt. I said, and going through our finances and looking through the year, I said, we, this is actually, in the, since I graduated, like, I don't know, five or six years ago, this year was actually most money I put, put towards paying off that loan. And it was also the most money we were able to give and bless people with. So I said, God is working while we wait. We're still waiting on this promise, and in the natural, it didn't happen, but God is working. He's moving. Amen? And we couldn't get discouraged, and I think all of us can do that, because maybe we're coming into 2019 a little bit discouraged, because we had goals, and we were believing God for things in 2018, and it didn't happen how we thought it would, or maybe it hasn't happened yet. And it can be so easy to get discouraged while we wait, while we wait from that promise from God, while we wait from that vision he put in our heart, whatever it may be. You know, maybe in 2018, some, some of you, maybe 2018 you were believing, this is the year my kid is going to come to the Lord. And in the natural, it seems like they went even farther. Maybe it was 2018, this is the year I'm going to start my business, and it didn't happen. 
Maybe this is the year my finances are going to increase and it didn't happen. I'm going to get that promotion on the job and it didn't happen this year. Maybe this was the year, believe in 2018, this is the year I'm going to meet my spouse, my future spouse, and it, does, and it didn't happen. And now we come to 2019, well, what are we going to do about that? Because something that I learned is this. We're all waiting on something in life. Each and every person in here, we are probably waiting on something. Maybe it's a dream to happen. Maybe it's a vision to be fulfilled. Maybe it's a promise. Maybe it's somebody to come into our life, whatever it is. We're all waiting on something. But just because we're waiting, we can often start wondering, did God forget about me? But he hasn't. He is faithful, and I want you to know that. Because I want you to know this, and this can encourage you. We just celebrated Christmas. Let the birth of Christ encourage you when it comes to waiting. Because just because God hasn't come through, as far as we can see, because we only see the natural, we only see what's in front of us, it doesn't mean that he has abandoned us. To God, a thousand years is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years. God has the perfect timeline. He has the perfect timeline. And those circumstances may say otherwise, God is going to come through on schedule in our life. Amen? Don't give up. Because while God rarely comes at our appointed time, he comes at the right time. Because we have this appointed time in our own mind that we make up, and we believe if this doesn't happen on schedule, God's not faithful or he's not coming through. But that's not the case at all. I want to look at Galatians. Galatians chapter 4, talking about the birth of Christ. The Apostle Paul is writing here, and he says this, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. What he's talking about when he says the fullness of the time, the fullness of the time was God's appointed time for the coming of Christ. God, for God, the coming of Christ was right on schedule. But if you don't think that there was people throughout the years leading up to that that thought before, and before they took their last breath in the Old Testament before he came, going, I thought the time was supposed to be now. The Messiah is not coming. No, God had a scheduled appointed time that he was coming, and he did. So we're in 2019, and hopefully we're all just setting some goals in our own life, right? Maybe it's personal, work, spiritual, whatever it may be. We're setting some goals, which is good to do. But one of the dangerous things is, is we might not even set goals because we're discouraged by what happened the previous year or the previous five years or the previous 10 years, that we don't even set goals or we don't even put ourselves in a position to believe God for something this upcoming year. We don't want to do that. That is dangerous. We don't, we stop dreaming big. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. If you're, you know, maybe you've set out to believe something in 2019. God, I believe you're going to do this in my life. I'm going to meet this person. It probably didn't happen on January 1st, right? And it's probably not going to happen on January 31st. Maybe not. You know, one of the goals I had this year was to get fit. I don't know why. I'm just really out of shape. So I said, I need to go to the gym. Because honestly, I used to love it. And then I stopped going for years. So I said, this is going to be the year I get back on a consistent schedule. So I went January 1st. <laughs> like everybody. And I woke up January 2nd. I didn't go. I went January 1st. I didn't go again until yesterday. So that was the 8th. Once a week, solid. No. So January 2nd, I woke up, and I looked at myself and said, uh, nothing has changed. Nothing has, all, all that hurts, all that changes, my body hurts. But visually, nothing's changed. But if I was really thinking that way, it would be silly, because in order for me to actually try to get in shape this year, I have to go, what, consistently to the gym. I have to actually make it a value. I have to make it a habit in my life, go multiple times a week consistently to get in better shape. But a lot of us, we do that. We believe God for something, and maybe we take that, that one little step, and then we just stop. We don't do anything else, and then we go, well, why hasn't it happened yet? God, why hasn't it happened? How, how, why hasn't it happened yet? So the question I'm proposing tonight is this. 
But I want to talk about God in the waiting is because most of us don't like to wait because we consider waiting wasting, and it's not. God works while we wait. God works in our lives while we wait, but the question is, and the most important thing is, what do we do? How do we respond when we're waiting? Because God is working while you're waiting. I don't know if you know that. I hope you believe that and can get that in your heart by the time you leave here tonight. God is working while you're waiting. Whatever you're waiting for in your life, God is working. You know, I think just to a very natural story, my daughter being born. So that's just natural. So we found out, and, you know, you wait. It's a, that's a, it's a process of waiting. I found out my wife Bianca was pregnant, so then it's what, it's like nine months or something. We found out in November, December, and her birthday was, you know, her birthday. She was going to be born in August. It doesn't just happen like, oh, you know, you're pregnant. It's like the next day you're going to be a dad. Imagine that. My God. I would be so unprepared. All of us would be unprepared. But it's a process of waiting. So during that process of waiting, I can speak for myself. There's a lot of things that can go on. So you, we know we're having the baby. And we're going to be first-time parents, so it's not something we've done before. So I'm not going to lie. I was a little scared. I'm not going to lie. First, I was a little scared. At first, actually, I wasn't too scared. I was just like, this is awesome. And then, like, when it becomes a little bit real, like, you go for that first time, they give you, like, the estimated due date. I'm like, oh, this is happening. Okay. All right. Then they're like, it's going to be a girl. I was like, okay. Really scared now. No. <laughs> having a girl is awesome. But during this process of waiting... I had a couple choices. I could either, my natural feelings that were rising up against me, my fear, my doubt, my anxiety about it, my wondering how are we going to do this, how am I going to do this, how am I going to be a dad, because I didn't grow up with a dad, so that was a natural thing in my mind throughout the whole pregnancy, how can I be a dad? Or I could trust in what God's word says, that we will be more than equipped, that he will supply all of our needs. So during your waiting process, what are you feeding? Are you feeding your faith? Are you feeding your doubts, your fears, your insecurities, whatever it may be? And I could be honest with you, and it was only from the grace of God. During this process, we, both of us, me and my wife, decided we're going to feed our faith. We're going to believe God for what he says. We're going to trust in his word. And I'll be honest with you, there was instances that came up, which a lot of people go through during pregnancies. There was at one point, they thought they saw something on the baby's heart. And we said, nope, in Jesus' name, nothing's there. She's fine. Nothing was there. As I got closer to the pregnancy, I remember it was a Wednesday night. At that time, we had New Youth on Wednesday. So I was there, and my wife called me because this was the only time she went to the, of course, the only time she had to go to the doctors. I could not go there that day. They go, some, I think, I can't even remember, to be honest now, but something with, like, your heart beats faster. There might be something up. So they had, to, they had to send her to a doctor to get plugged in on all these machines for, like, two hours. So I was rushing over there. But I'll be honest with you, that was getting close. I wasn't scared. And a lot of fear. Then as it gets closer, I was scared of my wife. She, no, I'm just kidding. She handled the pregnancy actually tremendous. She handled it better than I did, to be honest. But then, if you guys know, if you're a first-time dad, you could probably recall and remember, we're at home, and she's just like, you know, she starts laboring or whatever. I don't know if she's laboring, but she's going through stuff. I don't know. We call the doctor like, this is happening. We think, wait until five minutes. I don't know, all that stuff. Then we go to the hospital. Now it's really happening. It's 10 o'clock at night. And we get there, and they're like, oh, this baby's coming within like two hours. Guys, I'm going to be honest. Naturally, I can be very fearful. It's something I struggled with. When I tell you I had no ounce of fear in me whatsoever, why was that, though? It wasn't because in that moment I decided to feed my faith and trust God. It's because I was doing it during the whole process of waiting, okay? And that's what I want to encourage you with. You need to start doing it now when you're waiting because when it comes, it will be, like, natural because you will know what God's Word says. I'm not saying when something comes up, don't run to Him. I'm not saying that. Run to him with all your, all your might, but don't just wait until crisis has come or don't just wait until instances where you feel like, now I need to believe God for something. Build yourself up because then it will flow out of you. 
especially in the process of waiting. Don't get discouraged. Keep building yourself up with the word of God. So maybe you're here tonight. Maybe you're waiting for that breakthrough in your life. Maybe you're wondering why the answer hasn't come yet. Maybe you're just waiting to hear from God to know what he wants you to do with your life, whatever it may be. But sometimes when we pray long and hard about a situation in our life without receiving any answers, we could fall in this thing where we just learn to live with it. Do not do that. That is so dangerous. Because God hears our prayers and he's working out the answers even though we may not know all the details. But one thing is certain. I wrote this down. I wanted to make this. A lot of times in our lives, before God moves, suddenly we will wait. Waiting for answers is a fact of life. But the question again is, how will we wait? How, you know, because I think sometimes the way we set ourselves up to wait can also relate to how long we'll wait, to be honest. It can. We're either going to do two things that I've seen in my own life, and I think we're either going to wait passively or we're going to wait expectantly. A passive person hopes something good will happen and is willing to sit around waiting to see if it does. And after a short time, and I've been in this in my own life, we give up and saying, well, this doesn't look like it's going to happen. But an expectant person is hopeful and believing the answer is just around the corner coming their way. And they keep believing God. And even if it doesn't happen in that time that they thought, they keep believing him. And they're not passive. Their heart is full of hope. Their heart is full of faith. Their heart is full of trust in God. They know that he is the problem solver. And we wake up in the morning with an expectancy. You know, I remember when I had... When I had Bell's palsy and half my face, I couldn't move. We prayed for healing. I received my healing. And it went quick, to be honest, a lot quicker than the doctors told me. I'm telling you, every morning I was expecting I'd wake up and, I would, and it would be completely fine. Was it? No. But that didn't deter me. That didn't deter my face. faith. Every night I went to sleep thinking I'm going to be fine in the morning. But not thinking, believing I'm going to be fine in the morning. Trusting God as I was waiting for that promise of healing to come to my body, to manifest in my body. You know, we're expecting, and going back to the story with our daughter, you know, when we found out my wife was pregnant, we were expecting about it because, you know, when you, when you find out you're having a baby, what do you do? You don't just wait there and say, well, we're just going to wait till the baby comes. You start planning, right? You start setting up the nursery. You go, okay, what do we need? We need a crib. We need a high chair. We need this. Okay, what can we maybe get rid of financially so we know that we have more finances because there's going to be diapers or whatever it may be. We start, you start painting a room. You start putting pictures up, right? You start buying clothes, you wait expectantly. You're not going to just wait until it happens and go, oh, we need all this stuff. There's going to be stuff when they're born, you're going, oh, I didn't know I need that. But you wait expectantly and you're trusting God. And then you, and you start waiting expectantly by, by putting action into it, by starting to do things. The word wait, it means a lot of things. It can mean to expect, to look for, but it also means to serve. It means to serve. Just like a waiter waits on your table at a restaurant. Our act of waiting isn't supposed to be sent sitting around passively hoping for something that will happen sometime soon. Now, one person in the Bible I really want to look at tonight is somebody that when I first got saved, I learned so much from. I started studying this person's life, and that's Joseph. I love the story of Joseph. I encourage you, if you've never really read the story of Joseph or studied it, to go ahead and study it. Joseph was an amazing man of God that I just love because he had such godly character and integrity. I love, I love studying Joseph. And his story began with the dream at the age of 17 years old, okay? He had this dream from God, and God was kind of revealing the plans and the purpose of his life and what was going to happen. So I want to pick up in Genesis 37 here, verses 5 through 11. And it said, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. 
That's something good to tell your siblings, right? His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream and this time the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. He keeps his nail in it. No. <clears throat> when he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, Why is this dream? what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. So we see this. Joseph believed what God showed him in the dream, and then he goes and tells his family, which, side note, if God speaks something to you and you're believing something, you don't need to go run and tell everybody. Who knows that, okay? Seriously, that is true. I'm not saying if there's trusted people, but you don't need to go run and tell everybody something because somebody might say something to you that will completely change your mind, or somebody might say something to you that will put doubt in your mind. Sometimes some things are just between you and God. You got to keep it that way. If Joseph would have kept it that way, let me tell you, it would have been a lot different. But if you know the story of Joseph, so he tells them this dream. And then things, you want to talk about somebody that had to wait. Things didn't go the way he envisioned it would go. Who knows what happens in life sometimes? All of a sudden, his brothers go and sell him to the Egyptians, right? He was not expecting that. And he had to wait. And it would be an understatement to say this. So he became a slave in Egypt. And from the natural, though, in Joseph's life, it would have looked like God was doing nothing, but we know that that's not true because God was working while he was waiting. See, what God was doing during this process of waiting is God was positioning Joseph, okay? You might be waiting for something right now, and you're wondering why it's happening. God is positioning you for it. Remember, God sees the beginning from the end. We could see right here and now, and that's why doubt really arises within us, because we could see our circumstances here and now. And then sometimes we look to the past, and when we, normally when we, don't look, when we look to the past, naturally we don't look at the faithfulness of God. We look at what happened that we didn't like. You look in the past, you should only look in the past to see the faithfulness of God. Now, he was faithful, okay? But we see the here and now. God sees the beginning from the end, and he was positioning Joseph. Now, if you feel discouraged right now, maybe you're waiting for something, I want to share this scripture. I love this scripture. God showed me something so awesome in this. It's in Genesis. We're still in the story of Joseph. And it's verses 39 to 1 to 2. So just to pick up, he's been sold to the Egyptians, okay? So he's there now, and it says, in 39, it says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. It says a successful man in the King James Version. It says, and Joseph was a prosperous man. I love this because God's word is declaring that Joseph was a prosperous man. It's declaring he was a prosperous man while he was still a slave. Before the promise came to be, he was still a slave, and the natural looked like he was the low of the low, but God was calling him a prosperous man, and this was the time that he was serving as a slave. His own brothers just sold him into slavery. His father thought he was dead. God is calling him prosperous. He is standing next to his Egyptian master, who had probably wealthy, is probably wearing the most fine clothes there is, the most fine jewelry there is, and between the two of them, God is saying, Joseph is the prosperous man. Joseph is saying he is. And the Bible records him as being the truly prosperous one. Andrew Womack, he's an amazing Bible teacher, and he said this. He says, God views prosperity much differently than we do. Material things are not indicative of prosperity. True prosperity is knowing that God is with you. True prosperity is keeping his vision alive in your heart. True prosperity is not wealth itself, but God's favor, anointing, and power that work in your life to attain it. Joseph believed he was a prosperous man because he knew his prosperity did not come from man, but it came from God. That's why he was prosperous. 
Material things are not indicative of prosperity in our lives. And I love this. Joseph, it said, had the image on the inside of him. He still was holding on to this dream, and he would not let go of the vision. When you're waiting and God maybe has put a picture in your heart, a vision in your heart, do not let go of that while you're waiting. Do not let go of that. Hold that in your heart. Even when it looks doubtful that it might happen, do not let go of it because God is faithful. And, and, and that, him holding on to that enabled Joseph to keep operating in faith. Instead of licking his wounds and complaining, he served others and ministered wholeheartedly to their needs. And as he worked, God blessed the work of his hands. And if you know the story of Joseph, what happens? He rises up, right? He becomes the king's right-hand man. This promise that God, it gets fulfilled. This promise gets fulfilled. And it's important to understand this, that Joseph had either been serving as a slave or was imprisoned for about, they say, about 17 years after the time that his purpose was revealed and before it was fulfilled. You want to talk about waiting. Some of us, I know me, I'm not blaming you, I'm not calling you out, I don't even like waiting a day. I don't even like waiting a month. 17 years almost. 17 years before that purpose that God showed him was fulfilled. And he was faithful, though. He kept that image on the inside. He kept that vision on the inside that helped enable him to build up his faith. He never let go of it. If you read the story, really go read the story. So if God has given you a vision or if God has given you a dream, if you feel like God's given you a purpose, do not abandon it. Abandon it. Because if you do, you won't reap. But if you hold on to that vision, you will reap. I want to look at Galatians 6, 9. It says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So what are we doing while we wait? We need to be planting. We need to be sowing. It says if you do, you will reap a harvest and don't grow weary because you will reap. And I love this because it came in my heart. God has a timetable for every seed that we plant. It might not be our timetable, but he has a timetable. And sometimes that due season, when it says that in due season, it, sometimes it means a quick return. But sometimes it can mean months. Sometimes it can mean years. Okay? But God is never early or late. He's always right on time with the best interest. And you know what? Going to the story of Joseph, if you think about it, sometimes we think, well, God, I need this because I need it now. But we don't see maybe something that we're really going to need a year from now, 10 years from now. Because going to the story of Joseph, God positioned him because when he rose to the Pharaoh's secondhand man, they were in a time of famine and his family needed him to be in that position when he was in it. 17 years. He couldn't see that from when it happened, from when God gave him that promise, and he didn't see he was going to get thrown in slavery. He didn't see that he was going to get sold. God positioned him for the due time he would reap that he sowed that faithfulness and that he would rise up and that, and that vision that God gave him would be fulfilled. So what do we do? And I have three things I want to talk about this. In our time of waiting, what do we do during our time of waiting? Three things that I believe can help us. Number one, be consistent. Be consistent. This is so important. Going back to the gym, I won't get in shape this year unless I'm consistent. Pray for me. No. I want to look at Psalm 5. David writes a psalm. I love this. He says, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For to you I will pray. My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you, and I will look up. In this text, David, what he's doing here is he's building a case for consistency in prayer. Okay? The repetition of the phrase in the morning, it could also justify an alternative translation, morning by morning. And I, and I was doing some research on this, and it was, he had a very significant in his selection for the Hebrew word direct when he wrote this. And it, the word direct that he wrote this in the Hebrew was arak, A-R-A-K. 
in his declaration that he would direct his petitions to God daily. In a rock, it's most frequently used in Moses' writings in reference to the priest setting in order the sacrifices to be brought to God each day, and also to describe an army being set in array in preparation for battle. And such usage indicates an ordered strategy has been prepared for battle. So these definitions really give a direct thought to when, when David had an actual strategy, he was bringing God his petitions morning by morning. So we need to be consistent. So if you're believing God for something, this is something I do, maybe it will help you. What I do is I get together, maybe I get together with my wife or just me and God, and I write it down. Maybe if I'm believing for finances, I write it down, God, I'm believing this. So what do I do? Well, then I pray according to his word and what his word says. You need to have a strategy because by that, I'm not talking about you need to have this crazy thought out strategy, but you want to be consistent because you want to start believing God. You know, I want to just do this really quick. This is something that might help you. An amazing man of God showed me this when I first got saved. And I think, Leanne, I'm going to use you. You're great, okay? So you have a need. That was, I want to talk about humility. No. So you have a need. Right? You're believing God for something. Let's just say in this instance, it's finances. You're believing God for finances. So now you're Leanne. I'm not saying I'm God, but let's just say now, actually, sorry, we're going to have to switch to finances to a remote because you have a nice TV at home, but you need a remote, okay? You need a remote bad. So what, you see I have a remote in my hand. So what would you do? So I would ask you for the remote. So you ask me for the remote. Of course, I'm going to give you the remote. You're such a nice person. Now what would you say? She says, thank you. Now would you ask me for the remote again? Why wouldn't you ask me for the remote again? because you already have it. So what would you do? You would continue to thank me, right? So he showed me this, and it went a light bulb. When you're asking God for something, having a strategy, and maybe it's finances, so get in his word, see what it says. God, you will supply all of my need. Now, God, I give this to you. I, I'm sorry, I ask this from you. Now, by faith, I believe I receive it. So I might not see it in this moment, but I'm not going to keep begging for you each and every day. I'm going to start thanking you for it each and every day, because I believe by faith I have it. Faith is the hope of things we have not seen yet. So coming up with a strategy in our prayer life that, God, I'm going to do this intentionally. I'm asking you for this. I'm believing for you for this. Or, God, you showed me this. You put me on my heart. God, I'm trusting in you. It is going to happen on your time. So in the, in the process, I'm not going to keep begging you to show me when that time is because, you know what, I might not even need to know because you're doing a work in me while I'm waiting, but I'm going to keep thanking you that it's going to happen because you are faithful. And that brings me to point number two. That goes into point number two. Praise while you wait. I think if we could realize the power that there is in praise, let me tell you, we'd be praising God every single second of every single day, which we should be anyway because he's faithful just because we have breath in our lungs. We should be praising him every day because he has no equal. He has no rival. He has no shortages. Every resource from his and on earth is his. God made the heavens and the earth. That's enough reason to give him praise. No one compares to him. So as you wait on him, give him praise. Maybe your circumstances, and this is something I wrote, maybe your circumstances, they seem upside down, but his throne is right side up. Don't live by your circumstances. We can all fall into that trap. It's something we all do daily. Don't fall into your circumstances. Let your praise drown out everything else. Praise him in the waiting. Keep lifting his name up above every name. I love this Psalm 135, 13. It says, your name, O Lord, endures forever. Your fame, O Lord, is known to every generation. During this time of waiting, we need to keep praising him, and it's crucial that we choose what we exalt. Are we going to exalt our feelings? Are we going to exalt our circumstances? Or are we going to exalt the name of Jesus? Are we going to exalt God's faithfulness? Are we going to exalt his word working in our life? What do we exalt? And that's a daily choice we have to make daily. It's not a one-time thing. Sometimes we have to make it multiple times throughout a day, choosing what we're going to exalt. 
You may feel weary, you may feel giving up, but keep praising him because when we praise him, what we do is we take our focus off ourselves and we put it onto him. And I don't know about you, but I have shortages in my life. I have shortcomings. I don't want my focus to be on myself. I want my focus to be on the one who is faithful, the one who doesn't have shortcomings, the one who loves me, who sent his son for me, who supplies all of my needs. So keep praising him. Psalm 150 verse 2 tells us, praise him for his mighty works, praise his unequaled greatness. And this, this verse really shows us a reason why we should worship God, because of his mighty deeds and his excellent character. And praise also brings us to a place of humility, because we realize we actually have to rely on somebody. We don't rely on ourselves. And it also, praise, I'm telling you this is the most important thing, it makes the devil flee. The devil does not like hearing you praise, especially when you're lifting up the name of Jesus, especially when you're believing God for something. Praise makes the enemy run away. When we, don't start, when we start praising our circumstances, and sometimes we don't even realize that, but we do it, that's when you give the enemy a place to crawl in. That's when you give him an area to crawl into your life. Praise God, though. Praise him. So number three. So we have, so far we have be consistent. Praise him in the waiting. And number three. Do what you can with, you ha- with what you have. When you're waiting, do whatever you do, do not stop serving God. Do not stop serving him. Joseph, think about it. He was not in Egypt by choice, but God was working. I love this. If you read the story of Joseph, the head jailer, when he was thrown into prison, he put Joseph in charge of the other prisoners. Now, that's not something you'd want to brag about. Joseph's like, I'm the head, I'm the head prisoner now. Awesome. But his diligence and his excellence he displayed there ended up being critical not only for his life but other people's lives as well. So while you're waiting, do not stop serving God. It's, it's just the same thing with the parables of the talents, right? God gives you something. What do you got to do? You got to work that. You got to be faithful with it. So maybe you're, you're believing God for that promotion, but right now are you being faithful in the position that you are in? Maybe you're believing God to, get, to find a way to start that business, but are you being faithful in what you're doing with your job now? You believe in God for financial increase, but are you being faithful with your finances now? Do not stop serving him in the waiting. You know, going back to the early story when I was talking about my, my student loan, that's the one thing when we were talking about it, paying off our debt, we said in this area, we're going to make sure we budget well to put more than we normally do, but we're not going to stop trying to bless other people as well. We're not going to do that because God is faithful to supply all of our need. Work with what you have. I don't think I have this scripture there, but Luke 16.10 says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Be faithful with what you have. Do with, do with what you can now. Because you might not even know, God, the main thing right now, maybe he's building character in you. Maybe, again, he's positioning you. You can't see it, though, yet. Do with what you have. Do what you, I'm getting tongue-tied. You know what I'm saying. It was up there. I hope you wrote it down, and then you got it. If you didn't write it down, that's your fault. No. Do what you can with what you have. Okay? As we're closing up, you know, there's something I, I've noticed in my life is, Something actually happens when nothing is happening. It really does. God uses waiting to change us. He, re- he does. And honestly, we don't start out willing to want to wait. A lot of times it could be responded in anger or in doubt. Naturally, I'm a person I don't like to wait. Like the worst thing, one of my pet peeves is it's like, hey, somebody comes up to me like, I really need to talk to you about something important, so come find me in two or three hours. I walk away, I'm like, oh my God. And that's only two hours, but I'm just like, what does it got to talk about? Like, what did I do? You know, or what's going on? I don't know. But naturally, we don't, we don't like to wait. So when that happens, we can decide to exalt those feelings or we can exalt our trust in God. 
We could take matters into our own hands or we could put them in his hands. Every passing day can either be a day where we're trusting God and we're being expectant or we're being passive and we're letting build bitterness and anger build up in us while we wait on whatever you believe in God for. John Piper, he wrote this, and I love this. He says, waiting on the Lord is the opposite of running ahead of the Lord, and it's the opposite of bailing out on the Lord. It's staying at your appointed place while he says stay, or it's going at his appointed pace while he says go. It's not impetuous, and it's not despairing. God is working while you wait. It may not look at it like it right now, but he is moving, he is working. And also, we have this promise from Romans 8, 28 that you can hold on to. Maybe it doesn't look, maybe your circumstances don't look good now, but what does it say? And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. If this is your time in waiting in your life, trust God. God, I might be waiting. I might not see when it's going to happen, but right now you are positioning me. You are positioning me, and I'm going to trust in you. I give this to you, and now I thank you for it. I thank you that that dream's coming to pass in my life. I thank you that my kid is going to come to the Lord. I thank you for that promotion that's going to happen in my life. I thank you that I'll get the funds to start that business. Whatever it may be, I thank you for the healing that is manifesting in my body right now. God's promises are yes and amen. But what do we do while we wait? Because you're going to do one of two things. You're going to wait passively or you're going to wait expectant. I just want to encourage, I want to encourage you with that tonight because listen, we all wait on things. This year is going to be a season, maybe this whole year for some of us will be a season of waiting. Maybe it'll just be little pockets of it. Maybe this is going to be a season that we're building ourselves up because we might not see it, but next year is a season of waiting. I don't know. But we all wait for something at one point or another, but it's how we wait that is going to matter. God is faithful. Amen? So Father, I just thank you. Thank you for everybody here, Lord. I thank you so much, Father, that You are working while we wait. I thank you that you are faithful. And I pray, Father, that this message can just become even more real in our heart as the week goes on, Father. That we can make sure we are being consistent with you. We're seeking your word. We're seeking you through prayer daily, Father. I thank you, Father, that we're going to always, Father, we will always praise you because you are worthy. And we'll praise you during this season of waiting. And, Father, I pray for everybody in here, Father. Maybe they feel like they don't have anything right now, but you show them what they have and what they can use it for, Father. And we thank you for that, God. And we just give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Would you say amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, listen. Before you are dismissed, if you need prayer for anything, we would love to pray for you when you're dismissed in just a few seconds. But listen, the most important thing is this, and and honestly, it's giving your life to Jesus Christ. And that is one thing you don't need to wait to do. It says today is the day of salvation. If you've never given your life to Christ, if you've never surrendered your life to him, if you've never said, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. I believe you went to the cross for me. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again. Today is the day for you. It says when you believe that with your heart and you confess that with your mouth, it says you are saved. So do please, if you've never settled that issue, do not, that issue, do not just leave these doors, but come up here. Tell one of our prayer workers, I want to pray that prayer of salvation, and it would be our honor to pray that with you. And then you're going to, I'm telling you, you're going to start seeing God doing amazing things in your life because you completely enter into a new life with him. Amen? Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.